Welcome to the Dividend Talk Podcast, episode 167. Our dividends better than income from your job. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just getting started, Dividend Talk is the place to be for insights, analysis, and unsalted advice on how to make the most of your money through dividends with our own unique European flavor. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and join our community on Facebook at Dividend Talk. See you on the inside. Yo, 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 European DJ. How are you, my friend? <laughs> I, I, I'm doing really well, really well. I mean, it's been a buzzing week. I didn't spend a lot of time on social media. I was just too busy at work. Nice stuff at work, so I really can't complain. Uh, this evening, I had a nice bonfire. You know, it's autumn here. Nice bonfire, some sausages. Talking to some other uh, friends and, and, and people. It was just lovely evening. So yeah, no, life is good. Life is good, and you know the dividends just continue to come in. What do yeah. we want more? Exactly. St stick to dividends, boys and girls. That's one of our famous quotes from one of our friends um, in the dividend talk group. But let's get straight into it. I was going to talk about Ireland and, and playing football, but honestly, I just want to focus on on dividends because football is really doing my brain in over the last week or two. Um, and you asked a podcast question last week about the Dutch insurance. It's been quite popular, hasn't it? NN Group and ASR. And you asked the question, what is your take on these guys? Do you buy, hold, sell, or ignore them? And the results are quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. So maybe a bit of a background for people that are listening. On Spotify, lately we are putting their polls uh, in the form of questions and just open questions. And we use some of that data to understand where your needs are, where your interests are, but we also would like to really engage with you like this. So in this case, almost half of the group, half of the respondents uh, yeah, as a buyer of these uh, insurance companies, they feel like now is the time uh, to buy. That's what I take away from the poll. 21% is holding, only 2% is selling, and then 31% is ignoring. So those are people that are just generally not interested and feel like, okay, let's pass on. Uh, I maybe too hot to touch or something like that. I don't need it. But fun fact is that with this court ruling, only 2% is considering selling, Yeah, yeah which is really interesting. I, w I was surprised. I was really surprised at that. And I was even more surprised that a lot of people were saying to buy. I was expecting a lot more let's hold and see because we, we expect yeah. NN Group to to either settle or to, to go to court again. So we, yeah. it's it's still up in the air. So I was expecting a lot more to hold, but to have the majority say buy and then literally nobody say sell was was a bit of a surprise. A bit of a surprise. Yeah, there. yeah. But it also shows maybe the conviction in our um, in our community. I mean, when people are interested, right? Newsletter three on on European DJI.com, you can register there. We have a, almost a 40-page uh, article about NN Group. Feel free to to read it up again and to to get a deeper insight on the court ruling, as because we we literally uh, read it all and uh, digested it. But um, yeah, I've been a buyer as well. I I, I bought a little bit more as well uh, after the dip. Let's say I feel very comfortable that uh, the company can handle it. Um, Let's see in November, I believe they have their investors day. We get more clarity. And I don't know how you are, right? But although I have an opinion now, I have conviction now, I do change it based on new facts coming in. I'm not the person that wants to be religious uh, towards my opinion about the stock. Um, I have my opinion based on my homework. I'm not so easily influenced by other people on social media or in the, in the, at the coffee machine uh, telling me something. But if I learn on Investors Day that they suddenly say, like, okay, we are going to pay a competitive dividend. Yeah, we know what that means, that word. It means the dividend cut is coming, yeah? yeah. Then I, then it changes my whole thesis. But until then and such, when, when the facts are as they are now, um, yeah, I'm, I'm quite convinced that they will weather the storm. But it isn't a sleep well at night stock anymore. 
as long as the scored verdict uh, uh, is there. Yeah, yeah. Look, we, as I said, we have to wait and see. Are they going to settle? Are they going to challenge it a little bit? We we don't yeah. know. But but for the moment, dividend seems high. It, it, it's it's like quite a high yield at the moment. So. You know, usually when it gets to double digits, it, it could be in trouble. So yeah. it's one it's one to keep an eye on, as as you said. It's it's not a swan stock, um, but this ruling for me doesn't doesn't impact them as much as the market gave it credit for. Um, yeah. So let's let's see let's see we're right we're right or wrong. I I know our community are on buying and holding, but a lot of people on Twitter were, were quite the opposite. So let's yeah. let's see how that one plays out. Yeah. No, yes, yeah, so, so, so you're right there. Okay, and that brings me actually to the podcast question of this week because Niels Tremmer sent in a question to us like, it's really hard to to decide whether to sell a stock after a dividend cut. And it, it, it really creates quite an amount of turmoil going case by case. So the question is really, do you automatically sell after a dividend cut uh, as part of your strategy or yeah, do you do something else? So this week's podcast poll, go to Spotify, is do you sell directly after a dividend cut? Yes or no? Please let us know. We'll discuss the answer again and reflect on that in the upcoming podcast. But yeah, hey, let's go quickly to the news of the week. Uh, I believe something there around Microsoft and Activision Blizzard, right? It is about time or not. Yeah, they, they finally closed the deal. I think, I think they were waiting on the UK, if I believe was the last regulatory body to to maybe give the green light on this and it finally has paid off i i must admit i was apprehensive i i didn't think it would go through there was so yeah. many roadblocks in in both us europe and and the uk and um, the british regulatory agency even put in a complaint about it um which i yeah. felt was going to be upheld um, but turns out Microsoft have better lawyers and 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 <laughs> more more power than we give credit to. So I'm I'm happy for those that have bought Activision when it dropped. Um, it was a bet at the time. Um, I know there's a couple in our group were talking about buying it at the time. There was at least uh, maybe a twenty percent upside on that. It was yeah. it was a bet. If this deal didn't go through, they were probably looking at a, at a loss right now. But I'm I'm happy for those who took the chance and has has paid off but I, I i'm actually honestly i'm surprised this this went through it kind of shows to me that governments and regulatory agencies don't really have as much control of big tech companies as they believe they do honestly i i think i think the tech yeah. companies hold all the cards here yeah well you know i mean i'm just happy as a microsoft shareholder i think it's an attractive deal if you look at the whole ecosystem and gaming, what, what Microsoft is doing now is kind of where Disney is failing uh, when it comes to the streaming and and, and media. But they did technology-wise, Disney did a really good job. Yeah, with with I think it was with this BAM uh, BAM networks or whatever it was. They they bought themselves the technology for the streaming, but the content is really sluggish, and Microsoft still understands that content is king and they are doing this really well and you know this totally undersnows the other news from microsoft this week as well where they introduced now their solutions for doctors to work more paperless based bringing yeah. ai in and everything and i don't know this is in ireland but generally speaking in europe this is an opportunity to digitize right uh, uh, the the european healthcare system I mean, our health records are a mess often, all the time. I mean, I've had situations that you need to do two, three times the research because you get forwarded to another doctor and they don't even often read the paper document that, that you have even. They just go straight away for another test. But I wish just to, it to be everything digital and, and, and also really supporting the doctor. And, and this is where I could see like maybe uh large language models auto generating documents or, or reports for them that would be so helpful and time saving so that they can spend more time with us yeah. instead of sitting behind the computer right yeah yeah that is, certainly i remember um, my sister now lives in the us and when she came over to visit um the doctor she had to be in doctor for, for whatever reason but on her phone she had an app um which was directly linked to her doctor had, had all the records wow. she, she was told if 
she had to go to the doctor or the hospital over here in Ireland under no circumstances were any doctor to look at her without contacting him first and going through what was on that app. Um, wow. would, it just seems so far ahead of where we are over here. Like it, yeah. it, it, As you said, it's it's a disaster when it comes to, to stuff like that. But yeah, there's there's definitely a big gap in the market for that, particularly in, in Europe. Yeah, so Microsoft the king and hey. you know, how, how, how awkward is it? Ga we're talking here about gaming and, and, and solving problems for doctors in the pharma industry in a yeah. single company. Yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. Um, I don't know if you're much of a gamer or if you're if you're a gamer when you are younger. Um, did you ever play Call of Duty? Yes, of course. Yeah, it's one of my favorite games, and and I'm curious now to see will Microsoft allow other platforms to yeah. play and own this? Because usually Microsoft isn't. It? It's like a a closed kind of ecosystem yeah. that they have. Um, and I know Call of Duty is is really big on PlayStation, for example. So will Microsoft yeah. keep that? I'm sure they will in the short term. I thought part of the deal was that they would keep it at least for 10 years also accessible to Sony and such. Otherwise, they couldn't uh, buy it. That's what I at least remember reading a while ago. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a short time. They don't have to release a new version until until 10 years later yeah. and then and then and so on. But yeah, I'm just I'm just really curious how they how they handle those type of titles where they are long term will they stay within the microsoft ecosystem or would they allow them other games yeah. to play them so so tell me you know i just want to understand what kind of dividend investor you you really are what were the top games that you loved during your youth oh during my youth it was pretty much call of duty um there was a game oh what's the game called it was like in a Saudi Arabia. It was based. Uh, you were a thief running around. Um, I, I can't remember. I can't okay. remember the name of it. And then FIFA, uh, FIFA, yeah. and there was one before FIFA as well. It was there was two of them. There was FIFA. And yes, the, yes, I, I know what you mean. It was from the other brand. Yes, yeah, from yeah, the other yeah. yeah, brand. Yeah, um, and yeah. I flip flop between those two. Ah, okay. So I, I was a Nintendo guy. I had all the Nintendos, eight bits, sixteen bits uh the nintendo 64 i had them all perfect dark great game bungie kazooie of course those were my teenage years but then uh you know i played in the return to castle wolfenstein clan for for a few years uh, capturing the flag that's how i spent my student times it was really really good in those times early 2000s right yeah yeah we we, we were spoiled like if you if you think back at playstation one we had well, we had loads of games. We had Mortal Kombat, Crash Bandicoot was there. Oh, I remember yes. Crash Bandicoot. Um, I remember playing Resident Evil for a while, uh, Grand Theft yeah. Auto. Um, so so many games. I can't. But I can't also these stupid games like Lemmings. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get back to dividends uh, <laughs> again. Yeah. Um, so this week, actually, do you know what? This week, I love when I see Walgreens earnings. Um, it always Ooh. for me, it's it's always one of the first companies that reports earnings. It's always earlier than most other companies, so it is always a signal for me. Earnings season is upon us, um, and obviously, I own own Walgreens. So when I see it coming up, I know okay, I need to I need to get down and get down to business and start concentrating again. Um, so they have released their earnings. And you could probably tell by their share price, it, it kind of spiked a little bit. I don't know why, because there was pretty much no good news in it um, and came back down then today. Um, but just to give you some numbers behind that, in the fourth quarter, they made a loss of 0.21, so 21 cent to the dollar. Um, their adjusted earnings was actually up, so they adjusted for currency fluctuations. Um, but mainly their earnings is down because of COVID-19 vaccines. We know that they've have decreased. Um, they probably put too much faith in those vaccines at the time, and and they've been suffering ever since. It's it's honestly it seems like every quarter now since two thousand and one they've been saying vaccines are going down. Um, I mean, it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone at this stage. Yeah. Um, what's interesting is that their sales have actually increased over the full year, um, but they have a lot of operating losses. Um, this is coming down to litigation again we know that there's a huge opioid claims that are ongoing and that's yeah. impacting their net earnings as such net earnings over the year has decreased significantly um 
what they're trying to do to offset that is cut costs, but there's only so many costs that you can cut. Um, they've said that they've cut it by one billion over the last year. Um, I've not looked through the financials to see if that's that's true or not. Um, that's what they've said. But as a dividend investor, what is concerning is that the free cash flow has decreased significantly. So you're looking at about a 1.5 billion deduction from where they were this time last year. So they can't cover their dividend as, as it stands at the moment. Um, they're dropping significantly. Their yield is, I don't know, it's probably 8 or 9%. It's, 8%. It's, yeah, it's at an all-time high. you got this ongoing litigation. You've got the reduction in vaccines. It's, it's not looking good for these guys, I have to say. Look, they are trading at a price of 1999 at the moment. Yeah, and and yeah. And, you, and you know what? The fair value is probably somewhere in and around that. Looking at at these, at what these a numbers. shit show, right? Because you know, people were buying the stock actually in the in the eighty dollars range in two thousand seventeen. It was relatively low yield, right? Uh, but everyone was then, of course, extrapolating the 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 forecasts into the future, right? It also just tells you that you cannot really uh, ever look back. You really need to understand, is this business declining or not? And it's hard. I think from the 40 stocks in my portfolio, probably I will be wrong on five or six of them. Yeah, yeah. just not seeing that the market changed, right? But but since then, this just went straight down in the long run, right? It's just been a gliding path. And, and But you can see from sales, like sales were declining, but... yeah. You can see that they've bottomed out a little bit and look we've had yeah. a nine a nine percent increase this year and i think there's a bottom there on, on sales i mean there's yeah. two companies in america there's cvs and there's walgreens competing yeah. against each other so i think from a volume and revenue point of view they're going to be generating around 35 billion yeah. as a floor but i mean you look at the their operating losses you look at the litigation it's it's really this opi claims yeah. that's that's ongoing it never seems to go away Again, it's litigation that's killing but, that, but it's so hard for as dividend growth investors to sell, yeah, uh, such a stock because the dividend is still there, yeah. So what I'm trying to say is like you have five years of decline here in, in share price, yeah, yeah, because the business is deteriorating. But we also have some few few stocks in our portfolio where we know it's not going into the right direction. But we give them slack because the dividend still feels safe it's still growing but i think the dividend safety really came into question in long-term prospects like last year or something like that right uh, one yeah. half year ago but if you go back if you go back to long-term chart then you're just then, then you're still already talking about a 30 40 percent decline from the all-time high and it shows you that just in my opinion that if you were investing in Walgreens, let's say in 2014, 2015, you you had the classical example of a yield trap and and of a value trap with this company. And and it's but the thing is, it's really easy to say that afterwards where yes. it's now. Yes. But if you now look at how it developed, is for me the classic example of a value trap. And now will now our pe people are again thinking like oh. You know, uh, 25 years low. Yeah, how low can it go? Oh, actually, the adjusted earnings look better than than maybe expected. Yeah, and you can get a whole narrative that now the bottom is in and such. But I, I'm I'm sure if I take the the headlines from the last five six years from Seeking Alpha and pulled out the positive ones because we are maybe biased towards those and we want to read them then then it's continuously probably the same headline like now now it now it can go turn around or something like that yeah and and, and just looking at seeking alpha just because you mentioned them yeah. i'm looking at them and I'm, there's probably on the first page there's probably about 11 12 articles okay yeah i've got one two three four five saying buy yeah only one saying sell and the rest yeah. are hold and i mean that kind of ties up with what you're saying people i think because these guys are a dividend aristocrats you tend to give them a little bit more time a yeah. little bit more slack because they're committed to their dividend but we've spoke we've spoke about on this show how to spot declining companies we also spoke yeah. about what we look for when you're selling a company and i think this is a classical case at the moment it, it, it yeah. is in decline it, it i don't know if they have enough to turn around there's a lot betting on this medical vid villages and and yeah. trying to do the right things but can they actually execute it is is the problem yeah and, 
they, they are struggling. I, I think you're right. I think it's it's definitely a value trap. But if I was not invested in them, I would stay I would stay the hell clear of them for, for yeah. the time being. Um and that yield that it's 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 not sustainable. These are prime in my opinion, they are primed for a, a dividend reset. A dividend, yeah, a dividend reset or a competitive dividend. A competitive dividend, yes. These, a competitive these, dividend. That's it. These, these are primed for for that, in, in my opinion. So look, it's 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 not a good look. They're the forecasting slightly not great next year either. Um, mm-hmm. So let's let's see. But yeah, it, not great from there. Not great yeah. from there. Well, then talking about other earnings that came in actually is PepsiCo. And this one's, of course, really interesting after Novo Nordisk almost killing this company, of course, with their uh, weight loss truck. <laughs> but uh, really, really quickly, just PepsiCo is just doing what it needs to do. It uh, grew its revenue about uh, 7% in the third quarter, what they call organic revenue growth, almost 9%. Um, and uh, I was it, the EPS went up by 15%. Uh, quarter over quarter but if you look at the core core earnings as they call it so the non-gap not the biggest fan of them of course it uh, grew by 16 percent so in my opinion uh, it was a really good quarter actually and yeah i need to do some more due diligence because i own only a small position in pepsico it's one of my top 10 foundational stocks and why why is it there because um, i like the combination of the sugary drinks and the the snacks business i think it's really a good uh, combination i know there's always this health topic around it but like i'm I'm really focused on health but in the weekend i just want to have a, a a coke in this case i prefer coca-cola but also some lace chips yeah uh, we don't need to be uh, eating carrots uh, seven days 24 7. what 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 it do like about this company and i mean the, the management i think they were very quick to realize with inflation that it's hard to pass on particularly for uh, an unhealthy yeah. uh, snack or an unhealthy drink it's hard to pass on increases because once they start going up and they get comparable to healthier choices people will will naturally go to healthier choices but one of the things that they did and um, that i read that they did is that they started selling smaller packs yeah i can see that yeah yeah which helped to meet the demand right so instead of increasing the prices they decreased the size of their packs and probably kept the prices in around the same and, and that seemed to help yeah. i think that was quite a clever move for management i have to say yeah but i find it i find the lace chips honestly a bit too expensive now so when i'm with my kids in the shop i'm looking already at b brands yeah. just because the issue is that the b brands typically kept the the chips almost at the same price so the gap between the two products uh have been really growing and it's not that lays is like that much better that it justifies double the price because that's what it is yeah i can get a package here of lays for almost uh, two euros and i get the 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 home brand for one euro yeah 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 and, and yeah i mean you're paying for the brand that's what that's yeah and, and some people like that some people like to yeah. to they need to have the brand even though yeah. you could have the exact same product in different packaging it's it's the brand yeah. that that they want true so, uh, they're the people you need though because well i i'm i'm the one that uh, sh- that doesn't show up anymore in the volume numbers where they say like a uh, small volume decline but the price compensated and they always call this the mix yeah yeah but uh but still still they have so many snacks that i'm i'm still interested to eat from them so pepsico is just a well-managed business with a really nice two product lines they are not yet having the coca-cola margins but that maybe also gives them the space to to get there in the future nice business i'm i'm liking it and i need to do my my homework again to see like is now the time to start consider buying it again they have yield about three three percent so yeah quite interesting for me cool nice one um so i would expect over the next few weeks we'll do a lot more earnings i think it's a good time yes. now to just to say to people if there's any companies in particular you'd like us to to talk about maybe let us know in twitter comments facebook or by email um, and then we'll make sure to do those ones first uh, but today we decided to pick a nice easy topic it's been a long stressful week and the question is are dividends better than income from your job? I think we're going to 
biased there, really, aren't we? Let's be honest. Yeah, we, we are biased. I mean, uh, we love active income really a lot. So but tell me, what, what is the first thing that comes to mind for you? Yeah, the, the first thing, and, and many of my Irish listeners will recognize this phrase, it's less stress, more success. Um, and growing up in Ireland, when you were doing your, um, you do these leaving certs and intercerts, mm -hmm. When you were studying for them, they had these books and they were called Less Stress, More Success. And they were just concise notes of what you were studying and, and they were really popular here. But yes, dividends for me mean less stress, which gives me the opportunity to be more successful. Because I think when you're stressed and you have a, in an environment where you're stressed all the time, I don't think you can be your creative self. You're probably yeah. under pressure, so you're probably doing the bare minimum that you can just to get over the line. Yeah. Um, whereas I think with dividends, you don't have that problem because there is no stress. The, the only stress you can potentially have is, is Walgreens going to cut their dividend or not? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's about the size of it. But, but even, even uh, now already, like that half of my expenses are covered by uh, dividends, it gives me so, so much less stress because at work, you don't need to be really afraid to get fired. I know I can drive an Uber uh, in the evenings uh, to collect the rest of the month if needed. Yeah, so it gives you much more mental freedom at work as well. You don't have the fear of of stress of losing your job or something like that. So uh, what how this works for me is that I'm feel much more comfortable just to share my opinions, say what I feel is the best for the company, and I think it it allows me to also make more impact and do a better job. And I think this is this is already along the journey, really liberating. Yeah, you really don't need to wear. And it's not just the dividends; it's also like the debt that I paid off and such. Just in general, the 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 passive income and the financial situation allows me just to be a better employee. And having this experience, I don't understand why employee employers don't put more attention to this. To this, they will benefit from a um, I would say it, from a workforce that is more wealthy let's say and in that sense and therefore also uh more liberate liberated to think and and to to really speak the mind and 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 to follow uh, uh follow their their passion there right yeah what, what you're essentially saying it's giving you more confidence to to not yeah. just, not just sit back just to, to stand up be counted and, and say what you feel without fear of consequence yeah that's and, and 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 that's also better accountability i think which the employer benefits from definitely definitely yeah it's a, it's an interesting take if if employers were to promote financial well-being and, and encourage you to yeah. be wealthy but then i always i always feel i always feel like this yeah. that People like you are in that situation um, because of your work ethic and because of of your, I would say, how how you deal with situations and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. People that are not in the same position probably do not have the same work ethic. And if they had yeah. the opportunity to be wealthy, they would probably just be more lazy. And in, in, in my opinion, I, I would feel that yeah. is the case. Well, yeah, maybe now. Now we get to the now we get to the discussion of universal basic income quite quickly, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, let's we, leave that for another day. Yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> let let's leave that there. Let's leave that there. But yeah, no, I, like I I agree with you. Having 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 a base, having a solid foundation behind you, knowing that your finances are your basic bills are covered, those give yeah. you a little bit more freedom in work to speak your mind and, and yeah, you, some people just call it fuck you money right yeah yeah and i i don't, I don't see it as that i don't see it as that because i don't think yeah, I would me ever, neither yeah I, I have too much pride in my work and I, I enjoy what i do i would never say off you yeah. go yeah but i also live with the mantra of just be kind uh, to your colleagues yes yeah. exactly exactly yeah. um and one of the other interesting things is dividends they can't fire you your boss can yeah yeah exactly and and that's that's really one uh, how i look at it as well like you know you're owner of a business here yeah so they can't fire you the only thing that can happen is is that the business says like you know what we'll go private yeah, yeah. and and then you kind of need to hand in your 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 position but other than that they can't fire you yeah how cool well, is that or can they <laughs> they can cut the dividend what yeah okay that that's true 
but they can also fire me in the sense of make me financially independent and retire early. Yes, they can do that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah. It, it's always it's always an interesting one because as an employee, it doesn't matter how good you are. Yeah. You can always be fired from a company. Um, yeah. And my first job work for Crystal is is well known within my area. It was it was meant to be a job for life. They go yeah. bust. They go under. There's over two thousand people unemployed, not because they're bad employees, not because they've yeah. done anything wrong, but because the company wasn't financially savvy enough to keep themselves from going yeah. bankrupt. And and that's always that's always a fear, particularly if you're with a company that has high levels of debt. Imagine being yeah. a Walgreens worker, for example, right yeah. now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, I mean. They are going to be looking at cases, and I imagine they're, they're talking about cutting costs. There was one billion in cost yeah. cuts. What does that mean? Job Automation. Losses. Yeah, exactly. Job losses. It means job losses, and it doesn't yeah. matter how good you are. If if they feel like they can save money from you, you're able to get. You're in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, I, I think anyone can get fired in their uh, career. I think it's an illusion to think that you will always have a job. I think. Football coaches are the nicest example, right? We were talking before the show about the Wrexham documentary. Yes. And and then the football coach was literally mentioning there, like, you shouldn't get emotionally attached to the club because every manager gets sacked. And it's it's true. And now, this is not the extent to like that to an employee, but I always uh, imagine and I prepare myself mentally for it to a similar extent that I don't want to get emotionally too deep attached because... I know that at maybe at a, a certain moment you, you get a, a boss that you just don't like and somehow you get into a negative mode, you say something wrong and then you burn the relationship and the person doesn't want you anymore and you're the first one in restructuring gone or something like that. Other time, to your point, you're just part of the wrong department that suddenly isn't needed anymore. Yeah, so there can be so many reasons uh, um, and, and, and your dividends can't do that to you. It's actually the way around, yeah. We yeah. order them to continue coming. So, but uh, this is also the interesting part of that, right? Because behind the, the behind the dividend, there's always a person, and this person is working hard for us. And if I look at my entire portfolio, there are just a million people working for me. This is not at work. When I when I get my income from a job, it's me, the one working for it. And if I would get uh, dividends from my company, all my colleagues would be working for me suddenly. Yeah. That's such a difference, right? It, it, 24 it, hours a day, people working for me. Exactly. And if, if you have shares in your own company, imagine how motivated you must you must feel having having everyone in, yeah. in your company contributing to your extra income at, at the end of the year. It must be a little bit more motivation. Um, I have to say, I, I don't invest in my company. It doesn't pay a dividend. But if they did, honestly, I, I probably would because they, they're trying to do some some good things. Um, the new CEO came in and, and has a real vision that wasn't there before. But I could just imagine getting paid extra from my company, having everybody there, knowing that the guy sit beside me going, hey, you're actually working for me and you don't know it. <laughs> yeah, so I, I invest in my company shares and... Uh... I sometimes make this joke like, "Hey, uh, I'm I'm not just uh, your colleague. I'm I'm your boss. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm a shareholder in the, of this company, and I feel shame uh, uh, of you taking coffee now. A coffee now, work a bit faster. Yeah, yeah get get to work. Get to work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we'll be horrible bosses. Earn me my dividends. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 on a more serious note, if you look at dividends in your salary. I mean, your salary hikes are governed by, well, loads. loads committees. I mean, committees. Yeah. Budgets. Uh, budgets. Yeah. And then even at that, they're capped. And then we have yeah. a max. We have a maximum bonus. But to get that, you have to get like a six out of six. There's nobody yeah. going to get it, the highest ranking. So you normally get a five or a four, say, which means your, your budget is. Yeah, is and they look at fair market value salaries and all these kinds of things yeah. so you get benchmarked yeah and, and you have to balance yeah. it across the department so if they give someone yeah. a really high score that means they have to give someone a really low score yeah but your dividends don't do that your dividends can actually grow faster than your salary like if you look at some of the companies that we talk about texas instruments with double double digit hikes yeah. consistently uh, microsoft as well you're, you're getting hikes that grow way way faster than your salary if, if, imagine you work at johnson johnson right and then you're working there in the company 
and you're a decent employee yeah nothing nothing sexy or fancy on the upside and also not on the downside just doing your job muddling along yeah and if you're then in a country working for johnson johnson that's kind of a mature company your salary will probably go grow two percent per year if you had an awesome year maybe three percent but over that same entire lifespan of you working in this company the dividend grew by six or seven percent annually it's the best example for me uh, uh that shows that dividends grow faster than uh, than your salary yeah and, and so for me that 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 is so much so clear and and the effort you put in it is also totally different because in your active income it's you again on the other ones millions of people in your portfolio doing this for you so you yeah. you don't even need to work for it you need to just do this contribution to this company by a part of by an owner's uh, stake uh, of ownership in the company and then you get the profits shared back in the form of dividends at a higher growth rate. And we're talking about dividend growth investing, right? And dividend growers, yeah. not just the dividend companies. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Well, dividend growth is diff different than dividends. There's plenty of dividend yeah. companies out there, but dividend growth yeah. is is much, much better. But yeah. uh, you give the example of Johnson Johnson. If you worked in a company like that and, and you're an employee and you're financially savvy in some way and you're looking at the end of the year and you're getting a 2 or 3%, pay yeah. rise and then you're looking at all well, the shareholders and they're getting a seven percent pay rise yeah it's probably only natural you'll go hey joa exactly I, I think i'll have some shares there <laughs> exactly exactly and you know if you have a diversified portfolio you know what's also really nice and why dividends are better than active income you get paid multiple times a month you know it's literally when you would put the sound of a notification and change it on your phone to catching yeah, you're just sitting at work and maybe on a, on a nice day you would hear several days like ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. Your colleagues would be watching and you would say like, hey, I'm getting paid today again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a couple of times a month, but also from multiple companies, not just not just one. Yes, exactly, exactly. You've, you've spread the risk out completely. Um, you're not relying yeah. on, on your boss. But I mean, you sound like a salary worker like, like myself. I get paid once a month. From my my employer, um, so dividends, as you said, it could be every day, it could be every second yeah. day, um, it can be any period. So yeah, it's. I still get excited. I don't know about you, but I still get excited when I get that. Do you know what? That's why I like trading two one two because they actually yeah. send me a push yeah notification. notifications. They do, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've got all notifications turned off on my phone, except the ones from trading two one two because they all the time come up and then ping. And, I, and and it's just like when you're in a meeting you see it with, with from from the corner of your eye on your phone automatically you get this kind of like like dopamine shot in your body and you feel just more happy yeah i, I really wish the gyro and um interactive brokers, interactive brokers would do the same do the same because i love i love seeing it and my my trading two and two is relatively small so the payments are yeah, small exactly um, but I still get it and it makes me smile. I could be in work, I take out my phone. We, we really need to give this feedback to those brokers, but because I believe that those brokers would also be fundamentally interested to put a smile on our face. Yeah, that they should make us addicted to dividends and such. And and, and why not give us this dopamine shot all the time? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it's, I don't know, I really don't understand why they, they are not doing this. It, it's such a simple thing. It's just a push notification yeah. now when, when something comes in. When you in get a dividend, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and and they would put a, a smile on the face of the customers. Yeah, maybe we should contact support on yeah. both. Let's see. Yes, let's, see let's do that. Works. Let's do that. And then you know, we're talking here all the time about like like this is really an ode to dividends, right? And and what is so interesting is like even I mean, it's it's crazy when you think about it. Dividends even get uh, taxed less than income. Yeah, active income from jobs. So, you, so you you don't work for it. Let's say you you put only some money, I guess, at risk. That's the thinking behind it. And in my case, I pay nineteen percent dividend tax versus thirty something percent on on my active income. Yeah, and also all the social contributions on top of that with my active income. I don't have that with dividends. Just clean cut nineteen percent. I will. I wish it, of course, to be zero, but just clean cut nineteen percent. That's it. You know, so yeah. it's even more tax efficient. Yeah, well, that's not the case in, in Ireland. It's it's classed as income for 
for that reason they, they've they've copped onto it over here they're, they're clever guys um but yeah we we pay it at at income tax but i do know throughout europe and the us there is tax benefits for that so look i'm, I'm hoping ireland catch along some sometime and give us investors a break because honestly they give us such a hard time over here compared to corporations yeah. corporations come over here and pay absolutely no tax think of yeah. apple think of microsoft they come over here set up an office and and no tax and unfortunately us retail investors bear the brunt of that which is why a lot of a lot of investors shy away from the stock market and mm -hmm. they're forced into property but even the taxes are known in properties now and and landlords are, it's it's crazy over here so yeah. um unfortunately we're taxed at the rate of income but i would much rather be taxed at that for doing nothing than spending i don't know i i, I would say eight hours but honestly i'd probably spend yeah. more closer to 12 hours a day working so I, I yeah i don't mind paying the tax but if i was doing nothing and paying it i'm happy with that too nice yeah and the last but not least say derek for me there are just no limits on dividend income i mean a company can decide to double their dividend if their business is running well yeah there's just no limit to it and we have seen it with some companies like asml how they're growing the dividend evolution gaming how they are growing their dividend l'oreal lvmh um, you name it uh, home depot there are so many companies growing their dividends into into the stratosphere because those are well-run businesses they continue to cobble up market share they continue to innovate in new products there is no ceiling to dividends from that point of view and if you're in a company working you usually have salary ranges based on your seniority you need to get a promotion all this stuff doesn't exist for for dividends it's just like if the company does well and they can grow the dividend will follow yeah. you don't need to worry about uh working your ass off uh, uh in the sense of uh in some companies you just it's respected to do overtime or something like that to get the promotion out of it yeah. or this bonus dividend income you don't have that it's 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 just lovely no we do have to balance it out a little bit here there must be some benefits of active income over dividends is there any no. you, you can think of no um, the, the one that would stand out for me is to get the same income as you yeah. earn right now you need to put in a lot more money at the beginning you, you can get there over time by reinvesting in yeah. dividend growth but if if you truly want if you're just starting and, and you wanted to live off dividends and not active income you would have to put in a lot more money to do that so that's where your active income comes in it gives you for me i, I view active income as my pathway or gateway to earning more dividends which gives yeah. me that freedom are you ever getting invited for birthdays <laughs> <laughs> i'm getting old now not so what much. a party pooper you are come on don't start <laughs> talking now about why income from a job is better than dividends come on quit it of course not <laughs> we're not going to balance this i mean this is a, this is a pure ode to dividends it's this is like this is like a love story we're, we're 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 really like like this romeo and juliet that that's that's us and the dividends <laughs> why are you starting to spoil this episode hey everyone loves a villain sometimes you have to you have to throw in their spoiler but... oh my god i'm going to cut this out <laughs> you know i'm going to cut this entirely out <laughs> <laughs> awesome so so there we have it dividends are better than active income from a job um let's move on to some listeners questions shall we yes let's do that let's, let's <laughs> bring you back to earth again and yes. uh, and wash your mouth <laughs> okay so i'll take the first question this first question is from centrino and it's to me directly and he's asking me what cefs have i bought at our share price share price is not decreasing on a five-year chart um so specifically around cefs i think i've spoke about it before i was buying them interactive brokers copped on that they do not have a key investor document so they no longer allowed me to buy them so i don't buy them what i am buying is investment trusts which are similar to cefs um and they are based mainly in the uk and the ones that i've bought are Murray international and also there is a new york high yield fund or new city not new york new city high yield fund 
Um, both of those share prices have not been increasing over the last five years. Actually, the share price that I bought them at um, over the last 12 months, they're probably in and around at the same same share price. Um, it did go through a bit of a tricky period over the last 18 months, I have to say. But with that, there's risk, but there's also opportunity. Um, I tend to focus on those two uh, because they're well-managed. I listened to another podcast specifically around CEFs and the CEO of Mori International has been on. Also, there's been commentary on on New City High Fund. And I have to say, he follows, uh, Mori International follows a dividend paying, so he, he invests in dividend companies, a really like his strategy, and they try to raise their dividends in line with inflation, which they have done every year since since inception. Um, I can link to both of those companies in this and also the podcast that I listen to if you want uh, for more information because it's specifically on it's yeah. in in on those funds. Um, but yeah, I can't buy CEFs, but investment trusts that's that's where I'm buying, and they do give me a little bit of a higher yield. Looking at six, seven, eight percent yields on yeah. them, as I said, it's part of my high risk, high yield part of my portfolio. But then I look at NN Group, I look at legal in general, I look at. British American Tobacco, I seem to have a lot of high yield companies on in my portfolio. Nice, nice. Um, Eldev has asked us, what is your exit strategy if you have any? Yeah, so I can read this in two situations. It's like, when do you sell stock? That is when the dividend is cut, I will consider it, or when the companies, when I don't see the any future for the company. For instance, I, will, I start selling 3M because of the litigation and I find the dividend at risk. When you think about my portfolio as an exit strategy, this is death. That, that's simple. It's my coffin or whatever they do with me after that. However, I am sometimes thinking about like, damn it, what, what if I would fall dead tomorrow? Yeah, what would my wife do with this uh, portfolio? Will she be able to deal with it? So I'm really really thinking about just writing kind of a uh, letter already now and 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 just with the instructions in it and what to do and what not to do uh, but this is really difficult really really um, difficult thinking like that um, yeah so no exit strategy as such how about you yeah i mean ex exit strategy for me probably it's conflicting because we're talking about Walgreens earlier and, and it's easy to say, ah, oh, you look at all these fundamentals, but generally you give them some slack. But I think knowing that a company is, is in decline and then if they cut the dividend, that's probably when I will exit the company. Mm -hmm. um, a dividend cut on its own is not an initial sell for me, but obviously if fundamentals are deteriorating and I think VFC is, is a very good example. It was one where you could yeah. see fundamentals going, it cut the dividend it was definitely worth selling them at that point because the fundamentals were still yeah. going down. And I feel like Walgreens are probably going to go along the same path if they if they have to cut the dividend. Um, so no exit strategy as such, but I am aware within my portfolio of companies that are not as yeah. healthy um, as others, and I'm prepared to sell them if they do cut the dividend. Yeah. Um, NB has asked us about Coca-Cola. Are they worth buying, and do they have any growth prospects? Yeah, and, and Flo is the next question also about Coca-Cola, right? Yes. Um, look, we did a stock card with the last newsletter. So go to europeandji.com, download the last newsletter, and there's a link to the Coca-Cola stock card. In there, I would like to see it still a little bit lower. I think it's now really around fair value-ish, still a little bit. Um, maybe an initiating position. I mean, it is an iconic brand it is stock that i could see in my portfolio it will never be a tier one position probably because for that i lack some some fundamental conviction in the company um here because it's such a mature business i think over the next 20 years it will somehow struggle uh, that that's personally what i think um but it's also a beautiful business right so and let's say maybe I do my first branch at fifty, something like that. Yeah, and then and then the question is around growth prospects as well. What what do they have? Yeah, low low growth prospects. I don't have any illusions there. 
Yeah, but to be fair, they've made some shrewd acquisitions, particularly in, in the coffee business with mm -hmm. Costa. Um, they're buying up some vitamin water businesses. They seem yeah. to be buying kind of popular, fast-growing brands. And, but and is it becoming meaningful? Because when I looked a few years back at uh, Costa Coffee, it was hardly worth mentioning uh, mentioned in their uh, annual report. So I, I don't know, right? But where are they now? Is it now finally contributing something? Because if it's just two or three percent of entire sales, yeah, if it grows five percent, uh, Costa Coffee or ten percent is still a little. Yeah, yeah. it's a high margin business compared to Pepsi. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I don't know. I don't know what the exact revenue intake of coffee yeah. is. But I do know they're pushing it quite well. But it's yeah. not just the coffee. It just seems to be they're buying different sets of businesses outside mm -hmm. of sugary drinks and trying to yeah. implement them and and doing that quite well i think vitamin water is one cost was another body yeah. armor i think was was another one um so they are they are looking outside the scope of, of sugar drinks and obviously yeah. then they have their their diet coke variations yeah. and stuff that are still doing yeah. still doing quite well so look i i, I think it's it's a slow long growing business but i think it's stable the dividend is safe yeah. and revenues are safe and as you said it's an iconic business so it's for me it's worth having in your portfolio um one penny at a time has asked us what is a lower allocated stock by weight in your guys portfolio you would like to build out more uh definitely starbucks yeah i was able to buy some at uh, 70 dollars uh when was it one and a half year ago i would buy like to buy some more of that one yeah and l'oreal at the right price yeah um for me it's probably someone like texas instruments is still quite low in terms of weight um yeah. i had i had a share here and there but in terms of weight compared to i uh, find them attractive now they're the fair value in my opinion yeah i think so i think so too yeah. um hugo has asked us about Beatrice. um he thinks they're severely oversold is their dividend safe with the rising of interest rates uh yeah so they have a lot of debt they're of course paying off the debt um is the dividend safe i mean i haven't done my last due diligence but i would say they're the dividend itself also because they paid more attention to buybacks at the moment than growing the dividends i would rather say like it's borderline safe less questionable so when we say this it's not unsafe yet right yeah. questionable becomes in the gray zone and i think it's touching this gray zone i don't see them cutting the dividends but a lot depends on the transformation success of the company if they're struggling with the transformation it will mean that they will not be able to pay pay off the debt according to their intention and then it means that their interest ex uh, expenses will go up with the reissuing of debt and then uh, at a certain moment not yet um the the cash flow might just not be enough but i don't see this happening anytime soon so and is it severely oversold probably i just have already it's a tier four position for me which means it stays small it's a full position so i would love to buy more but my rules tell me not to do it i'm sometimes looking at anything like ah just hundred shares come on come on do it and i think like, no no stick to the rules stick to rule i burnt my finger uh burnt my hand on this in the past yeah for, for me it's not a question of is their dividend safe <clears throat> is is their dividend a priority and it's not um at the moment reducing yeah. debt is their priority which honestly yeah. it should be and i think they're the right thing to do i think i yeah. think it's the right thing to do if they, if they kept increasing the dividend i know they kept it flat this time they kept increasing it with double digits looking at their the amount of debt that they have on their balance yeah. sheet and with interest rates you'd be kind of worried you, you definitely would be thinking okay this is not safe exactly um, i think they've set a floor they probably will just continue to hold it at that level until they get debt down to a, a reasonable level um, on, on this area of capital allocation Fiatris is doing everything right. I still just don't understand why they sold the biosimilars business. No, I, I that flabbergasted me. I, 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 it was the fastest growing business. I, I, yeah. I, I don't understand yeah. it either. But look, they're trying to transition into, into one specific area, um, yeah. and they're, they're placing their cards on that. So let's let's see if, how that works. Yeah. Um, we got a question from Joe's Brokel dude. Um, can you give your view on stock? 
Alberts, ticker symbol AALB. Yeah, so Alberts is a Dutch company, right? And uh, I find it quite interesting. It's, um, you know, it's just a cyclical company. So if there are recession fears, Alberts goes down. Yeah, so that's a little bit the issue here. And, but I, I must confess, like, I, there's not enough stress in the market yet for me to be like uh, hand over fist buying it, but it starts to be appealing. Y you know what, Derek, what's so nice about Alberts? They're really outspoken, like Texas Instruments, about their capital allocation. So, and that's a quite unique thing to see in a, in, in a on the investor relations website. And Alberts is similar to that, and I think that appeals to many, especially total return investors. Okay, so, so, so they can still go a lot lower, is what you're saying. Based yeah, on that, that applies to every stock in my portfolio. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> based on recession fears, everything can go to zero. Yeah, but if my whole portfolio goes to zero, then there there will be total anarchy in the streets. Yeah. Um, David has asked us for advice on how to not become too frugal. Um, he finds it difficult at times to enjoy buying non-essential things because I know how much good that money will do invested instead. Oh boy, this is such a deep question so hard to answer <laughs> really hard to answer I, I i wouldn't know what to say because i but, but i know exactly what he means specifically in the first few years i had the same because i got so addicted and, and hooked up to this and and i started to look at everything almost binary but at a certain moment i think david there will come a time probably that you will feel like uh, I should also live a little bit, and and you, and and you know it when this time will be there. Maybe this is just the time that you are really laying the foundation. But now sometimes in this mode, like that, I think like you know what, screw it. I got some dividends. Let's splurge a little bit, little bit on this. Okay, so be it that I will be a month later um, uh, financially independent. Also, the mind starts shifting, right? Once you hit your first hundred k, something like that. And you see that you're getting three, three, four thousand euro per year. Yeah, that's a few hundred bucks per per month. Your mind starts shifting already. And and at least in my my uh, in my place, I start to become a little bit more loose um, uh, to this, and 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 stopped eating only ramen noodles with my uh, with my uh, <laughs> feeding rabbit ramen noodles to my kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I I get the question as well, but you can't buy memories, and and sometimes you just have to. Yeah sometimes you have to let yourself live a little for, for me how i handle it is quite simple i have a set amount that i invest every month it's yeah. not a hundred percent of everything that's left after my yeah. essential bills i do have money left over for other activities and yeah. i do not feel guilty one bit if i want to buy an eight euro latte in in yeah. starbucks i will buy it and, and not blink twice and um, yeah. i already have my allocation aside so yeah but that's I, a good one because i do pay myself first so I, and and if if after that I have something left at the end of the month, which is usually not the case, I could still send it to my broker. But within that, in that money that that I have to to spend my bills, there's enough also in there to go to the cinema to 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 do such things. I think it needs to be in the budget. Yeah, I I usually use the leftover money to go on holidays. You you probably noticed by the amount of times yeah. <laughs> yes I, I travel so i but as, as i said you can't buy memories and and i still True. i make it a habit of investing the same amount whatever i've left over i, I need to enjoy myself now too i could be i, I might not be here in, in 10 years time so somebody maybe else another, maybe not in a one year or two years uh, who knows exactly yeah. and, and somebody else can live off my dividends so yeah, um, I, I need yeah to you know what? That. You know what would be the worst if you die uh, next year, and then the future new husband of your wife is living off your dividends. <laughs> now think about that. <laughs> okay, dividend talk is cancelled. I'm selling all my shares. Job done. <laughs> yeah. So, so David, if you don't want your the future husband of your wife to live off your dividends, then start spending it. <laughs> <laughs> that took that took a turn quite quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Kevin has asked us um, a name that he did not know until a few weeks ago is Illinois Toolworks, ticker symbol ITW. Um, obviously, a dividend king with 60 years of dividend growth. Do you know the stock? Yes. Um, what are your thoughts? 
So look, it is a nice, uh, it's a nice business, uh, effectively providing tools, right, uh, to the more professional um, construction workers. Let's say like that. I don't know what the right uh, English terms are for these, um, but you know the company has a bit, a lot of depth. So for me, uh, if you want to know my favorite stock here, Snap-on, but that stays to be expensive. The second one's Black & Decker, and the third one is Illinois Tools Works. If I would need to rank them from a competition point of view or the similar industry. So, it is, you know, 60 years of dividend growth, it says something, right, as well. But just a bit too much depth, so I prefer the others more. Um, Ron Jay has asked you a question about your desired sector allocation. And he's asking, why do you prefer in Tier 1? Um, I cannot pronounce that word. Gnushina uh, from Rush, the yes. regular stuff. Um, well, well, Ronya, that must have been, um, I said, that's called a mistake because this is just how the Google ticker calls the company name. And this is a direct copy out of my G sheet that I used to support there. So there's nothing special here. It is just the Rush stock uh, here as a, as a tier one. And, and 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 that's just it um yeah yep um reiko has asked us about forward pe or trading pe which one is a more reliable metric um and he's given an example on mcdonald's here on on that as well well you know that's a simple one or or actually maybe not uh the forward one is based on an analyst estimates now i rather take my advice from youtube and twitter <laughs> strangers that i don't know um and the other one is trailing and it depends again on one offs or not so it's also not reliable so do you do you trust the unreliability of the company or do you trust this uh, analyst uh, from wall street i mean i look at both of them and both tells me a little bit of a story about consistency um and that's mainly it yeah but if you if you had it gone to your head one is an estimate and one yeah. is actually what has been reported yes but then i will probably go for the estimate for the forward if someone put a gun on my head simply because the forward doesn't assume one-offs yeah no. so I, it gives me probably a better representation of where the business stands now than if i look at the trailing and then suddenly they, i don't know they had a tax windfall or something like that and therefore the pe look low yeah, yeah. Um, Dermot has asked a question about CRH. Um, they recently delisted from the Irish Stock Exchange. Um, the broker has moved them onto the LSE. Um, in general, do you know if a stock is delisted, does it have capital gains implications? I am, as I'm not a tax advisor, but I'm pretty sure once it's delisted, there is tax because it's it's basically sold from your account. I'm not sure in this case because it's sold and and bought on a new stock exchange so they will give revenue a ring they'll they will tell you i'm not i'm not 100 sure um my guess is yes there will be some some tax implications here i don't know why they moved them on to the london stock exchange when crh are moving from the london stock exchange onto the new york stock exchange so i'd imagine there'll be another another sale there quite soon as well um jean or jean has asked us about a global leader in chemicals for construction a company called Sika. um have you ever heard of no. this company no I, I really need to look it up good I, I i don't know much about them either i don't know if they're european or if they're american yeah. um so let's maybe let's look into that one and then the last one is what do you guys think about estate lauder companies yeah, so I did my first, uh, or we did our first newsletter about L'Oreal, and I also looked a little bit in the competitors there, and Estee Lauder is also in there, and the company has clearly been struggling in share price, but you know, rightly so. They had a revenue decline, I believe, of 10%, even bigger profit decline. Um, I think it had to do also a bit with the China lockdown, but then if, if I compared it to L'Oreal, L'Oreal was just growing and everything, so for me, it tells me it's like the weaker brother from the two and then i prefer to go for strength for l'oreal i think estee lauder is becoming a value play and that's probably why people are looking at it um but in this case and yeah, maybe i'll i'm also not 
too familiar with Estee Lauder because I never went too deep into it, like with L'Oreal, so I might just be biased here, sure. Um, yeah, but I'm, it's not, it's not interesting me at the moment. Yeah, it's 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 quite funny to hear you say that because they're two. I mean, they're number one and two, L'Oreal followed by Estee Lauder in in that in that marketing. You have one you have so much conviction for, and then the number two company in that market is like. Yeah, it has to do simply with the with the how it performed over the last two years, where L'Oreal just kept on growing, and then Estee Lauder was struggling. Yeah, and 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 that I don't really understand. Maybe L'Oreal will also start struggling now. I don't know. Yeah, right? We saw already with with other companies that the consumer trends are changing at the moment. People are becoming more uh, cost conscious, and and postponing some of those uh, luxury products. So, but Estee Lauder is already struggling. Yeah. And that's the big difference. You, you feel that has to come down to management, really. If you've got two similar companies, yeah, or product mix or something like that. Um, you know, in the end, I guess long term, it is a reflection of management. Yeah. But on the short term, there might be like little hiccups that, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, that's the, the last question of the day. I think that was a, a good one to end on. So thanks a million to everyone for the questions. Um, really appreciate them. We do have one that we will get back to next week, and that is Niels Tremel's one asking about a dividend cut. So we will yeah. post that poll, as we said, on Spotify, and we will yeah. discuss the results then next week. Thank you, as always, Derek, and everyone. Have a good weekend, and see you next time. See you on the outside. Remember, both of us at Dividend Talk are not certified financial specialists through formal education. We are just two guys sharing our journey for inspiration and entertainment purposes. Hence, this is not investment advice. Although we do our best, we can't promise that the information discussed is always correct, nor appropriate for you or anybody else. We always recommend that you do your own due diligence and be accountable for your own choices. As we always say, you can't borrow conviction from others. Last but not least, by listening to our podcast, you agree to hold us harmless from any ramifications, financial or otherwise, that occur to you as a result of acting on information provided in this podcast.